Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, Auburn family, man? Good morning. Special edition of the Up Tempo Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Smith. Got a special guest. You know our guy Blake Lynn is up in Oregon. He is set to watch the Oregon Ducks take on the USC Trojans today. Follow him on Twitter, man. Blake's pumping out a ton of special content today. But I am joined by my guy, Gray Oldenburg, good friend of mine, man. In here to talk some Auburn hoops. How Gray was back on the show. It was probably basketball season, huh? We haven't talked in a while, man. How are you? About a year ago, yeah. Excited to be back, man. Basketball's back. Football's still rolling in. I'm. This is a my favorite time of year. Is right when basketball starts and we're getting towards the end of football season. You know, depending on how football season's going. You know, um, but I'm excited, man. Yeah, we got a big one today in football. Um, this will really kind of see where our mood is because it's like everyone yeah. talks about going to that Iron Bowl, Gray. And to me, seven and four feels a, a world different than six and five. For yeah. some reason, it's only one game, but to me, it feels a lot different. So, hoping the boys can go up there and get that one. How are you feeling about that one today? You, you know, if you were to ask me three weeks ago, I'd have been like, "Oh, I don't know, I do not know." But as, since I've watched Auburn uh, figure out a few things offensively, whether it's play calling, whether it's lineups, whether it's um, it, it just actually looking like they can get in a rhythm, establishing yeah. the running game the past two weeks has been extremely important. Obviously, Jarquez Hunter's been incredible. Um, and, and but I've also watched Arkansas and Arkansas, uh, outside of beating Florida, they have not looked great, they right. really have not. And this, this is a this could be a make or break type game for Sam Pittman when it comes to his job. Um, I'm not sure how Arkansas fans really, really feel about Sam Pittman right now, so um, who knows, but I guess, I guess we'll find out. Um, later on today, I'm excited. Uh, I, I feel better than I do. I, th- I think I feel better than I should, I guess, but yeah, we'll probably touch on this before, uh, before the end of the episode. I'm sure we'll get some comments in here asking about football, it being a game day and everything, but we wanted to get on the basketball man and we'll start right here at the Baylor game. We'll start, we'll start with Jalen Williams first. Our guy Jalen Williams. Last night, Gray became the all-time winningest player in Auburn history with 88 wins. Just, like, first off, a great kid. And I know me and you have talked a lot, and we both agree on this, where with Jalen, it's – when he's hot, when Jalen's playing up to his potential, it's hard for me to hi- find a whole lot of players that are better than him, man. But uh, just talk about just talk about what he's meant to this program. 
Jalen came in, and, and Jalen has been such – ever since he was a freshman, he's been such a – I'll say a rock, a solid basketball player at all his levels, and he's been great in the best time in Auburn basketball history. In five years, a lot of people have played five, maybe even even six years, but they haven't played in, in an era like Jalen Williams has played in and contributed in an era. Like it's not like Jalen is not he's not doing anything. He's, yeah, he's riding the bench. Yeah. yeah, he's not doing that. He's starting. He's the star of this. He's one of the stars of this team. He's going to need to be one of the leaders of this team. He was one of the leaders of the last year's team. He, you know, he he took a seat back to one of the best Auburn players we've ever seen in Jabari Smith, and still came off the bench and played incredible in games. Um, Jalen is Jalen's the rock. Jalen is the you know we call him on our show on the Jungle Show. We call him the Swiss Army Knife because mm-hmm. it, of his game. He could do everything. He, he's very good defensively. He's very quick. He's got good size, but he's unbelievable offensively with his left hand. He can shoot from the outside. He's great at finishing on the inside. He's he's special when it comes to on the court. But then you talk about his leadership. You talk about what he's meant to this program. You talk to what him staying all these years and, and coming back and getting and getting better than he was the previous year what he's meant to this program is huge. And he is – Jalen Williams is another guy. I know we've got a ton of those guys, but he is one of the main guys that in 10, 15 years, we look back on this unbelievable Auburn basketball program, hopefully with five, six national championships, um, hmm. with – that he started it. He's one of the – he's one of the guys that set the tone for this program. And um, I, I'm so happy for him that he got the – he got that honor of being the all-time winningest basketball player here at Auburn and still counting. Yeah, for sure. He definitely deserves it. Like you said, still counting. It'll be interesting to see, especially in this uh, era, right, of transfer portal. Yeah, the guys that can go to the draft, will anybody ever catch them? Because I feel like, and we'll get into this here shortly, this is still a this is a 21 Auburn team. Um, mm-hmm. I predicted Gray, I believe it was, uh, I went 21 and 9. Maybe twenty-two and nine. I have to look at my. I got the paper over there somewhere. But uh, that non-conference schedule is kind of what got me right. I went twelve and six in the in the uh, went twelve and six in the conference, and then I think I went ten and three in the non-con. And it might even might even go nine and four in this one, man. Bruce Bruce loaded this one up this year. And uh, I want to get over here and get some of these comments real quick before we get into that Baylor game. I got Mike Walton in. Hey, my guy Mike, my 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 guy Mike Gray. He's throwing down today on the grill. I promise you. I promise you. <laughs> Game day, Mike is throwing down on the grill. Good morning, Mike. Devin, War Eagle, Devin. How are the kiddos this morning, Devin? Samuel the Sniper. What's up, Samuel? Good morning, fellas. War Damn Eagle. If you can snipe like that, can you snipe for corner three? Can we throw you over there in the corner? Maybe set a hammer screen for you? Bang! Holler at me, Samuel. Tyler Rick saying early live. I like that. Yes, sir, man. If y'all do like these, this might be something that we do in the future. I figured – um. But Blake being up in Oregon, man, because Blake, a little behind the scenes for you. Blake does uh, – he uploads our stuff and all that. Everything's kind of in his email. He started the Uptempo podcast, brought me on. I didn't want to bother Blake this weekend and be like, hey, man, um, can you upload this? Can you do that? Let Blake, go have a good time. So uh, we're doing some live this weekend because those post immediately to YouTube. But, yeah, this is something I've been thinking about doing for a while. Um Kind of hard for me to get up early on some of these Saturday mornings. I mean, last night I was up till midnight at a high school game. I'm at a high school game every Friday night. Our people know that, Gray. But yeah, man, if y'all like that, 
this is something we'll continue to do, especially as we get down here at the, uh, the end of this football season, man. We can get in here and talk about these SEC games. We can talk about the basketball games coming up. Like Gray said, there's lots happening right now. We got the Fall Ball World Series. Y'all know that me and Blake are going to be all over that for baseball. So tons of stuff happening on the plains right now. Uh, our guy Gray here, student at Auburn, he's, he's boots on the ground out there, man. He knows it's that time of year. Yeah. So, yeah, man, if, if y'all like this, we'll definitely continue to do it. Devin says five or six natties. Yes. Yeah, maybe, maybe even more, Devin. I, I'm telling you, <laughs> we, we, we got to be on the up and up. We got we to get one of them. We got to get, get one. one. And I think we would have had one already, Gray, but there was an <laughs> official that didn't see double dribble. And lo and behold, this man decided to make his way to <laughs> South Dakota to officiate Auburn's opening game at Baylor. Now, before I get into this, shout out to Pablo Escobar for pointing this out. And a bunch of people were shooting it to me in the DMs in the game. Like, hey, man, hey, man, look. Uh, if You know, I didn't do the, the, the necessary digging to verify if this was true, which would have been five minutes of Google searching probably. But if that was that guy, if that was that crew, if that was that boy, if anybody from that game, that Virginia game, officiates another Auburn game, John Cohen, I need to holler at you, dude. I need yeah. to holler at you because we need to walk off the court. We need yeah. to walk off the court because we don't have time for it. And I'm at this point with it. You were at the, you were at the Iron Bowl last year, correct? I was. Okay. I was. That Keontae, I can, that, I, I, in the upper deck. Yeah. And I could see the right. grass in between the right. ball you already, you in Keontae Scott's hand. My guy already knew where I was going <laughs> with it. This Auburn's at the point where it's time to walk off courts, walk off fields, bro. <laughs> Like, and the they're they're not going to show it. They're not showing it in the stadium at all. They got four little bitty jumbotrons in that in Brian Denny Stadium. They're not showing it on e in any of them. And I'm like, I wonder if he like if he actually touched it. I I could have sworn that he did not touch that ball. <laughs> yeah. And I came out and said that he touched it. And then I'm like, okay, well maybe maybe he did. Maybe he did because I couldn't see it. I tell you, five, six minutes later, I go down to the concession stand and I get out my phone and start looking at Twitter and people are going absurd on Twitter. And they had every right to go absurd. I was like, I, I knew it. I knew he didn't touch that ball. <laughs> yeah, the more things change, the more they say the same. And, and to be fair, yeah. as we get into this first game, Gray, I didn't think that the officials were out to get Auburn. I just think this was a really bad officiated game. And mm -hmm. I warned everybody. Uh, I was like, during the LSU game, we were getting clapped in football. Everybody was like, I'm just waiting on basketball. I was like, have you forgot about the college basketball officials? Because you're going to be screaming. You're going to be screaming. I promise you, five minutes into the season, you will be furious. Greg, I know your dad. He like, every time I ever say something about the refs, here comes your pop to retweet my tweet. So shout out to your pops. <laughs> he does not like officials. Old school no, no, ball no, 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 no. head, bro. But, uh, just, man, let's talk about the newcomers first. Aiden Holloway making his debut. Denver Jones, Chaney Johnson. What do you see from some of these guys? Let's start with the point guard, Aiden Holloway. Uh, look, he's he's special. We, we knew he was going to be special. He's what the second all-time ranked player ever to come here. But he's he's that for a reason. Um, he he's a smaller guard. Bruce loves the smaller guards, but this one just seems different. He because of his range and what that not only will bring to his game, but bring to the entire team. That we we haven't had something like that. Since Jared Harper, I know Wendell Green had really, really good range, especially in the year when he was coming off the bench um, with Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler and in that year. Um, but you haven't seen something like this. He is going to be the glue of this 
team of this offense, especially. Um, I do see him struggling on the defensive end a little bit. He is a smaller guard. Uh, he's really quick at moving his feet, but he is struggling on the defensive end. Um, but he, he's better than I thought he was. Uh, Aiden is just special with the ball in his hand. He's a wizard with it. Um, yeah, it, my dad always says if somebody could put it, if somebody has the ball on a string, they're going to be able to do whatever they want with the ball. Mm-hmm. It seems like Aiden's one of those guys that just he'll do stuff, and you're like, wait, wait, how did you do that? Right? How did that shot go in? And it was the first shot he ever took as an Auburn Tiger, and he buried that uh, three and got fouled. And I was like, okay, yeah, th- this this guy's different. So it, he's special, man. I'm excited to watch him grow throughout this season, um, especially as a true point guard, and see what he can do throughout this season. And look, he he is as good as any of them. He's as good as any freshman in this in college basketball. I tell you, it, the kid for Baylor, I forget his name. He went for 28 points against yeah, what, Walter, wherever. Uh, yeah, Jacoby Walker. He had Jacoby 28 Walker. points, zero assists, and six rebounds. He went off. He's, he's an absolute stud. Those two freshmen may be two of the best freshmen in college basketball this year. Yeah, I was frustrated. Um, <clears throat> I was frustrated at the time because because it's it's kind of – I wasn't mad because we lost. I, I, I honestly kind of thought, okay, you know, we might lose this game. It's just frustrating when you dominate a whole game. I wouldn't say dominate it, but you were always in control, right? It felt like the football game when you're always up by like seven or ten and you just never feel like you're going to lose it. And then five minutes to go in the fourth, you fumble the ball, they score. It just kind of felt like that to me. Um, yeah. I thought we kind of blew a big opportunity there to get a, a big win that would count on your resume. But like me and Blake have always said, um, just scheduling these games. Like because I remember, I remember after we beat Ole Miss last year, we struggled at home to beat a bad Ole Miss team. And we lost a lot of games previous. And I remember just sitting there thinking on the couch, are we going to make the tournament? Like, we're playing yeah. bad basketball right now. And then after the game, yeah. all the the Kim Palm and the, all those guys, RPI guys, they were all saying Auburn's locked in no matter what. And we still had a game. I was looking at that, that road game at Tennessee going, we might need to win this one to lock it in. And after that old Miss game, they were saying, nope, because Auburn's played such a hard schedule and been competitive. You were competitive mm-hmm. versus Memphis. Um, who do we go on the road and lose to? At West Virginia. Uh, yeah. at USC, right? So just scheduling those games and being in them, Gray, I don't think this is really going to hurt us that much. It might actually help us playing yeah. the game that we played when it comes down time for seeding. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was going to say this is a quad one win for Baylor. Um, and it would have been a quad one win for Auburn. And it is a quad one loss. And quad one losses already this early in the game, especially the way that you competed in this basketball game, it's huge. You can't put a value on what this game meant for this team. You know, Bruce said in the pregame, we need to get exposed. We have not been exposed yet. Furman did not expose us. Tournament team. AUM, of course, did not expose us. Southeast Louisiana, I, I, I wouldn't say they exposed us either. Baylor did. Baylor exposed them. That's what they needed. Right. They needed to play somebody else. They needed to play somebody that's going to punch them in the mouth. That way they can go look at things like maybe turn the ball over a little bit too much. Maybe we got a little careless with the ball. Maybe we need to start learning how to defend without fouling. Maybe we got to do this on offense. Maybe we got to do this. It's it's what you need. 
it's what you need. A lot of these college basketball teams, especially in the SEC, and I will name names of, of teams specifically, the team in the West Alabama, um, hmm. they, they're not playing these games. They're not going to play these very early in the season games where they need to get exposed. Right. They want to get a few wins before they get in a game where they could get beat. That way they can say, oh, we're 4-1, and one, we'll be fine, or we're 5-1, and one, we'll be fine. Auburn came out out the jump. I had no idea what to expect against Baylor. You know, I watched the AUM game. I, I've been following this team all offseason. I had no idea what to expect when we played Baylor at all. But that's what that's what Bruce wanted. Bruce wanted to get punched in the mouth. He wanted to win the game, of course. But he wanted to get punched in the mouth. That's what they did. But they were still unbelievably competitive against a very good Baylor team in a tough Big 12. I mean, credit Scott Drew. I'm a huge fan of Scott Drew and that Baylor team in general. Uh, I hate playing against them because I do really like Scott Drew and, and Baylor. But it's it, it's what Scott Drew and Bruce Pearl, I think they could have – I don't think they could have written a better game for those two teams going forward in the season. Less about the outcome, but moving forward throughout the season, that's about as good of a game that we could ask for. Yeah. And we are going to hit these comments real quick. We got some comments about Aiden. Uh, Samuel the Sniper, I see your football stuff. We'll touch on we'll, – we'll hit this Arkansas football game here at the end. Um, so, I got some of your comments, Dar, brother. Uh, Devin, this is – I know she's, uh, you sent me this in the DMs last night. Devin, I hadn't been able to respond back yet. I was covering a high school game last night. I tried to cram watch the, uh, the, the basketball game this morning. Uh, but Devin says, Auburn has to be the only team in the country that doesn't get home cooking. Devin, right now you are the pastor and you're turned around the wrong way. The congregation is behind you. You're preaching to the choir, okay? <laughs> you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I know. Yeah. I, I know damn well. That's very true. Uh, let's see. Devin says, I can't wait to watch A and the rest of the season just as advertised. And uh, Devin asks us, do we think Aiden will be one and done? And then our boy Samuel says, no, I think Aiden could come back next year, not because he's bad, but because of his size. What are your thoughts on this, Greg? Yeah, I, I do think Aiden comes back next year. I, I think, and Samuel's right, it is because of his size. It's not because of his skill set. His skill set does translate to the NBA because of his range, because of his ball handling ability, because of his passing especially. We saw a lot of that in these first two games. And he's going to grow, and he's going to get better, just like I said. But and I do think because of his size, you do see – a Tahad Pettiford and Aiden Holloway backcourt next season, which mm. could be very, very scary um, for other teams at least. I, I, but Aiden is Aiden is a guy that can go pro. His skill set easily translates. He's an unbelievable player. He's very, very smart about the game. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to tell in two games of college basketball so far, but watch this kid during the game. And not during play, but during timeouts or during or during a dead ball or something like that. He is a leader. He's the youngest guy on this team, and it's not even close. But he's seeming to be a leader. That's what you need from a guy like that. That's what we're going to get from a guy like that. Um, and as good as he is, just like uh, Devin said, he is as good as advertised. So, uh, you know, if he goes for – 25 and 10 every night, he, he will go pro because NBA scouts will <laughs> – they'll be like, uh, yeah, we'll take you. We'll take you we'll, in the end of the first round. We'll figure um, it out. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get you on the team. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I do think we see him back next year. Yeah, and you know, talking about Aiden, one thing that really stood out to me was uh, the weekend of Ole Miss when they had the open scrimmage because you can watch a ton of highlights. Um, you can even watch some live games as far as on YouTube or whatever when it comes to high school basketball. You can get everything that you can get in. But I stand by this. This is why a lot of our members know that I won't give a, a recruiting ranking on a guy unless I see him play up close in person multiple times. You know, like I went, uh, I got ultimately went to Kansas. I went and saw LeBaron Filing, but I went and watched LeBaron play and he balled the first time. The first time I ever watched him play, I watched him drop like 55. And I said, okay, I, I, yeah, I see the skill set, but I wasn't going to make a judgment yet because there's other stuff I haven't seen. <laughs> then eventually I see him in a game where his team is down by 10 drop 18 in the fourth quarter versus a really good team with other D1 prospects. And I said, okay, now I've seen enough. Um, so sometimes when you just have to, you just have to, see, you know, see it in person with Aiden. When I, that, that scrimmage, man, it was five minutes into that open practice grade. And I was like, this kid is so fluid, mm-hmm. fluid and smooth. It looks effortless. And everyone yeah. that listens to our show knows I love me some Trey Donaldson, probably one of my favorite guys at Auburn university right now. Um, so this is not a dig in any kind of way at Trey. Um, plays basketball a lot of the way I played basketball, uh, but he plays basketball like a football player, man. Like, and that's yeah. because of what he is, right? Like he's he's a tough, a hard nosed football guy. Like he's a grinder, and you need that. And he has his role, and I love Trey for it. Um, his court vision is very, very great. He's he's an old school, more of an old school point guard. But Aiden's fluid, great. It's it looks effortless. It looks smooth. I love the ball and the string analogy. So if we could get him back with Pettiford, yeah, I think that uh. I think Trey has a nice role where he has 15 minutes, 17 minutes off the bench on this team. And it's yeah. – I know now we see this a lot with like with on the football side with Holden Gurner. Everyone always wants to know, is Holden going to transfer? Is Holden going to transfer? Well, if when Pettifer comes in, is Trey going to transfer? I don't I don't think that's necessarily like I – don't, I don't know. There's a, there's a role for the guy, right? And then yeah. here's the thing too, Gray. I hate it. People are going to get hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, like somebody's mm-hmm. going to get hurt on this basketball team. Simo yeah. was balling last year, balling, doing Simo yeah. things. He got hurt, and then he never came back right. We saw yeah. Daniel Purifor before, balling, got hurt. It took him all the way up until about the round of 32 in the tournament to get back right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it is North what it Carolina is. was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Uh, so no, I'm playing again. This is another example. It just – People got hurt, really never came back the same, especially that year where we had Jabari just never fit in that team because he got hurt and didn't play the first 18 games of the right. year. So that's going to happen. Um, and, and depth, it, Auburn is one of the deepest teams in the country. I mean, you talk talk about a guy like Dylan Carbwell or Katie Johnson or something, a senior playing in the SEC of that kind of talent. Those guys start on a lot of teams. Right. Like a lot of teams in Division One. They would instantly start, and some of them be the best player on. And, and they're coming off the bench here and, and playing playing great minutes. I, well, it, it happens. That's yeah. basketball. That's yeah. that's what it is. Um, but it, Auburn is one of the deepest teams this year, and it, that's one of the that's one of the best qualities about this team is how deep and how good they are. At I mean, an eleven man, they're yeah. good enough to play in the SEC. So let's talk about the end of this Baylor game because I think that what you were just talking about kind of ties into this. 
I think we're still figuring out rotations. I think we're yep. still figuring out who plays well with who. And mm-hmm. Bruce is trying to look at matchups and, and things of that nature. And I think you saw some juggling at the end of this Baylor game that maybe hurt us. You know, I'd have to go back and watch it probably a couple more times and really take a deep, deep dive into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hate eight o'clock tips on midweek, dude. I clock into my job at 6 a.m. They kill me with those. I'm struggling at the end of those games, man. Um, but, you know, I just feel like some of the rotations, but I'm not mad at BP because I think he's trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, so um, what your thoughts on that as far as just, they're, like you said, there's 11 guys, man, and Bruce is kind of trying to find where to put – who to put who with who? Maybe this guy has a good matchup, but he but this guy plays better with this, right? Like mm-hmm. when you have a, a contrast of point guards, and it's a serious contrast in styles between mm-hmm. Trey and Aiden. You're gonna have some guys that play well with others. You know, um, does a does a guy does a guy like Denver when when uh, when Trey's in the game is he better off ball sitting over there in the corner? You know, waiting on the three. Does he do some different things with Aiden's? And you just you know what I mean? Like Bruce is trying to figure all that out in the game as we go here, what were your thoughts on, I'd say like the, the final three minutes and just kind of what went wrong versus Baylor? Yeah, it seemed like it, you're right. Bruce is figuring it out. And, and I mean, especially against Baylor, this is his first game. It's the first game he's getting exposed just like he wanted. That's, this is what he wanted to do is he wanted to have to figure out these matchups and lineups and who plays, who, who plays well with who and that sort of thing. Uh, it did seem like, like we were a little scrambled. Um, it seemed like Baylor took advantage of it. I, I don't think Auburn lost this game against Baylor. I think Baylor won it. And there's a major, major difference when you're talking about a game like that, especially when Auburn was up by nine at halftime. Okay. That's not a game you should lose at all, especially in a neutral site. You know, it's not like, but Baylor immediately came out and it was like, Within 10 seconds, they were, oh, it's a three-point game. This is a completely different basketball game than it was <laughs> at halftime. Um, but And then Auburn kept it going. Auburn played an unbelievable second half outside of the last, you know, maybe three minutes. Um, but you credit Baylor for that. It did seem like we were scrambling. It seemed like Scott Drew had more of an idea on lineups because Baylor's not as deep as Auburn. Right. You know, Bruce has 11 guys, all who have played now, especially now, um, and that can play in the SEC and be very, very good in the SEC. He's got two point guards. You talk about the completely different styles, absolutely different styles. I mean, Aiden is the Jared Harper, Sharif Cooper. Trey is a guy that we haven't seen there's not a guy to relate Trey Donaldson to because he does play basketball like a football player. He is an above the rim type type guy. He's not going to turn the ball over a lot. He's very, very, he's very, very smart. Very, very smart with the ball, completely different styles. So then since the offense starts with those two, you've got nine more guys who you've got to figure out who to play who and where and how the offense rolls around with it. And, and to play a team like Baylor, who's unbelievable defensively and unbelievably good on the rebounding end, especially the last five years, I think I think they've ranked top five in rebounding the last five years. We tied with them in rebounding in this game. We're going to look back on that and be, oh, wow, no way we did that with Baylor. What? Um, 
but he's got to figure it out. And he's got he's got games where he can figure this out. You know, we got the Southeastern Louisiana game, that ending lineup with Aiden, Denver, Chad Baker Mazzara, Jalen and Janai, I think ends up being the starting lineup. I think that's the best lineup that we could have right now offensively. Then throw in some different lineups. KD with Dylan. That I don't know why, but those two together are just weird, and it makes it good. Um, Energy. So it's, it, he's trying to throw stuff together. He's trying to figure it out. But in terms of the Baylor game, I, I don't think it cost us the game because I do think Baylor won it instead of Auburn losing it. But it did seem like if we – kept with Aiden for this period, or if we kept with Trey for this period, or if Janai didn't get, or if or Chad Baker, Mazar, Chris Moore didn't get in foul trouble with yeah. nine minutes to go in the game, we wouldn't have to put Leor in. That would have saved three points right there. It, it, you know, it, it, it's just it's how basketball goes. He was trying to figure it out and he's trying to figure it out mid game, you know, give credit to, uh, to Mike what, Burgermaster, however you say his name, Ira Bowman, all of them are in the they're, – they're substitutions. They're, they're there to get the guys Bruce wants on the court at that time. And, I mean, they're doing their best. That's, that's yeah. hard to do. That is hard stuff to do, especially with the – Yeah, so that's, that's the thing that would be great. It's funny that, like, these officials sat there all offseason – and just look at that jersey hanging up in the closet. And we're like, let me tell you something. When I put them stripes on, I'm going to get my ass in there. Okay? And they going to know. Mama, turn yeah. on turn on the TV. Because you're going to see your boy a lot tonight. So, shout out to those guys, yeah. man. You really made a game about yourself. Yeah. Yet, yet again, dude. Yet again. And we really, as college basketball fans, we really appreciate it. Because what everybody loves is everyone loves to watch about eight seconds of basketball. That's what I really love to see. I love to see, like, a team maybe run a pick and roll, and then you call a foul. That's what I like. I don't ever want to see 30 to 40 seconds of unimpeded basketball. Never. I don't ever want to see the game flow in any kind of direction. I don't want to see that, dude. I want to see you blowing the whistle, and I want to see everybody stopping and setting up on that block for free throws, dude. That's what it's all about. But so I really appreciate it's those crazy. guys, man. Yeah, they're, they're the best. The absolute worst officiating in all the sports resides in college basketball. No doubt. No doubt. And, and then when we get into the SEC, and great, it's because there's no accountability, dude. Like no. when an 18 year old like Aiden Holloway turns the ball over or, or makes a mistake. He has his he has his name on the back of his jersey. Everyone knows you have his, his Twitter, social media. You have all this stuff. His name is going to circulate everywhere. Oh, look at this! You know, kid had a turnover, whatever. Like, there's no repercussions. There's no accountability. You don't know who these guys are. It just has just sort of letter or a number on the back of a of a black and white shirt. You have no idea. You have to do like I said. You have to do a deep dive to even find out if if a guy you know KD goes through his struggle shooting. We can look up KD's shooting numbers. I'm gonna. I don't want to look up how many times you miss these calls, bro. <laughs> Your stats need to be available right here on a little call in ESPN two, so I can know who's ruining the game. And I'm. And this is not. If you're a Baylor fan that comes across this, like Gray said, y'all won the game straight up. I think y'all had a bunch of bad calls. It's oh my pathetic. gosh, it was both it's, ways. Yeah. yeah, it was both <laughs> ways. It's just pathetic, bro. It's pathetic. 
and there's no accountability for it. And that's that's rant probably two already of the basketball season for me on this. And you've got about 31 more to go or something like that. So <laughs> it's <laughs> ridiculous. They do make it about themselves. I don't you know, I, we were watching the game. My dad and I were like, what's a charge? What is oh, a charge? Dude, that rule is dude? so bad. Dude, what dude. in the world? And, and it was the exact same way on the other end. I know Baylor fans were getting annoyed as well. I, college basketball fans were getting – that was the primetime game. Right. On the day after uh, all the blowouts that everybody was doing, Auburn and Baylor scheduled a neutral site game, and they, they were playing an unbelievable basketball game. Like it was back and forth and back and forth. And then for about an eight-minute stretch, <laughs> all Baylor did was shoot free throws. Yeah. That's all they did. And it's a reason they, you know, it's not the reason that they won the game, but if they didn't do that, they don't win this game. Yeah. Yeah. You could definitely look at their free throw numbers and say, okay, they don't win the game. Right. For sure. They went eight minutes. They didn't shoot a field goal. It was just free throws. And part of that is Auburn struggled to defend without fouling. Right. Because Baylor's a really good basketball team. They had some studs on that basketball team. Yeah. We had some, we had some, some silly fouls that just weren't, you know, it's like that's, that's a, some of them where I was like, like, there was was one on, uh, on on CBM, Baker Mazar. I was like, that's a dumb foul, bro. Yeah. (laughs) It's a dumb foul. Yeah. And Uh, it's early in the season that that's teachable. That's, that's one of the best things about playing one of these games early in the season. That's a teachable moment. You know, every other team in the SEC, they haven't had a teachable moment yet because they've been blowing teams out. That's great. Get your wins up. We'll see an SEC play. Yeah, LSU did that last year. LSU started off yeah. like 14-0, and 15-0, and and then the season. Then they beat Arkansas out the gate to start SEC at play. Yeah. And I was like, all right, man, maybe they got something going on over there. And then – they didn't have anything. No. They didn't win another game for about two months. Uh, looking over here at last night's game for Southeastern Louisiana, Gray. Um, you talked about Katie and Dylan bringing that – did that something different, and they're bringing that off yeah. the bench. And we were struggling, right, sluggish. I think it was kind of a hangover from losing a close game, traveling back from South Dakota. and yeah. uh, you. But home opener, home opener, you come out, you're not shooting the ball well, you're struggling early, and then here comes everybody's favorite psycho, KD Johnson, off the bench to immediately bring the energy, man. This is what KD does, bro. This is exactly what he does. And then you mentioned as well, Dylan coming in and doing some nice things. There was a, a sequence where – this was in the second half – where KD misses a three, he gets the ball back, kind of drives into the mid-range and then bounce passes to Dylan who dunks it. And I just thought that that showed a lot of growth and maturity from KD because there was a time when KD tries to take that ball and he's going to go back to the three-point line and jack up another bad three, or he's going to go try to make some crazy, ridiculous backyard and one, you know, tip 21 mm-hmm. drill shot um, at the lane. And he just showed maturity making the right basketball play. I saw KD's post-game interview and he talked about knowing that's his role. He accepts that as his role and he's excited to bring that to the Auburn team. And he talked about how he's the old guy now, man. He These guys mm-hmm. are looking at him to, to be a leader. So talk about KD, bro. KD was huge, especially last night, coming in and being a spark. That is his role. That is what he does. You know, I hate to go back to the Baylor game, but you pointed out how that was such a good basketball play that he made in that mm-hmm. southeastern Louisiana. Dump, you know, catching the ball, going to dumping it off to Dylan for the dunk. You know, he made a play in the Baylor game where he came in, and I believe it was, it was either Aiden or Denver had him hit KD on the wing. for He could have shot the three. He could have shot it. But Jacoby Walter was on him. And he decided to pump fake and instead take one dribble and pull up jumper, and he knocked it down. Hmm. That's the right basketball play. Two years ago, KD jacks that three up and probably misses it. 
we've seen the growth. We've seen the maturity from Katie Johnson. He's kept his his craziness and his energy and his uh, psychoness, and he's brought that to the court. But he's also controlled it, and he's playing he's playing smart basketball right now. And he looks like he knows that role. I mean, he said that at his post game, but it he it really looks like he has established himself in that role, whether he's coming off the bench, whether he's starting, whether he is uh, scoring 13 like he did last night, or he's scoring four, but he's got four assists and four steals and two boards and, and two charges drawn and something like that. That's KD's role. And KD, you, know, you talk about KD and Dylan especially, those two guys are the old guys as well as Jalen. But those two, talking about Katie and Dylan, those two guys are our energy guys, and they have been for four years. This, these two first two games for the both of them have been exactly what you wanted to see moving forward, um, through, especially for this season, but moving forward for them in general. That look, Katie, Katie looked spectacular last night. KD was the reason that we won the game, hmm. I believe, because we were shooting well. It looked like we were a little bit in a slump. It looked like we were a little sluggish, you know, losing a close game in a physical, physical battle against Baylor up in South Dakota, traveling back, yeah. get a Friday night game against a team that probably doesn't belong on the same floor as you. You didn't shoot the ball well, but KD came in and had the spark. KD was the reason we won the game, not just because he's his 13 points and his his smart basketball plays and the way he was he, he was playing, but also the way that he completely changed the game. He came in, it was six to four. Next thing you know, it was 20 to six. He completely changed the game. Yeah. So there's another element too from a new guy, Baker Mazzara. Mm-hmm. And correct, tell me what you think about this. They're not necessarily the same guy, not necessarily the same player. They do something similar, but attitude-wise. I see a little Samir Dowdy, and I think that's something that um, I I don't think you have to have that 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 trash talker to win a championship. But man, I think it helps. I think I I think it helps you win a lot of games, and I think you can get in guys' heads. And I just think that it adds a different element to this team that uh, we maybe haven't had these last couple of years. Now, I know that KD can can KD can KD act crazy and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know if and he, he'll talk trash because, there's trust me, you know, there, there's there's always trash talk going out there, out there mm-hmm. on the court. But, like, Baker Mazar seems to be a guy that kind of relishes it and enjoys it and embraces that role. Yeah, Baker Mazar, not only is he a much better basketball player than I, I thought he was, mm-hmm. because we, we – I mean – you saw what he did at San Diego State, but then he went to you went to JUCO, and he didn't. A lot of a lot of people were, especially on the national perspective, were like, I mean, okay, Auburn got a JUCO player that transferred from San Diego State. Okay, no, this dude's a stud. This dude's an absolute stud. He's an unbelievable shooter. And talking about his game in general, but yeah, it, he does have a little bit. Of, I love that comparison to Samir Dowdy because he does have the little bit of dog in him. He's not afraid. He's not going to back down at all. No. And, and you know what's better than ha- having one trash talker on your team? You have two 
Jani Broom will let it fly as well. He'll let it it go to the official after he's already been fouled out and he'll get beat (laughs) up again after being already fouled out of the game. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, this team is not going to back down from anybody. You know, this team has an unbelievable schedule, you know, obviously starting off with Baylor. Get Notre Dame next week and next game. You'll play the winner or losers. Uh, St. Bonaventure, Oklahoma State. Then you got Indiana coming up, who's a good team. USC, obviously, they're going to get incredible media coverage coming into <laughs> coming into Neville Arena. That's going to get insane. And then you talk about the SEC. There's seven or eight teams in the SEC that could win the SEC, and Auburn is one of them because of how deep they are, how talented they are, but also the fact that they're not going to back down from Tennessee or Kentucky or Texas A&M or Arkansas or especially that ugly team across the state. Oh, we got some get back, man. We got some get back. We got to get there. Uh, Devin pops in and says, watching the game last night was frustrating, but I went back and watched it again, and it wasn't as bad as I originally thought. Just started slow, like y'all said, but finished strong. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with this, Devin. Just, um, you know, you're expecting everyone wants in your home opener to come out and hang up 115. And we know in the Bruce Pearl era, when you see a team like Southeastern Louisiana on the schedule, some their nights, especially at home where you go, okay, this is a route. And everybody gets to play and the walk-ons come in and and bang home threes. We've all seen that before. Wasn't that kind of night? And I don't think Southeastern is a bad team either. They're not a team that's going to go like 10 and 20 or anything like that. So, yeah, just started slow. And like Gray said, man, traveling from back from South Dakota, these things can happen. Uh, this kind of this leads into the question I wanted to ask you, Gray. Tyler asked how far we see us going in the dance, and that's a that's a tough question because you don't like it. Really depends on the bracket and all that. But let's do this. Just how do you see this this season playing out? And have you seen anything in these first two games that make you feel a little bit more encouraged? And then are there some things that you're kind of concerned about? But just let's say, uh, where do you see us landing in the SEC, Gray? When this is all said and done. Uh, so like I just said, I. I think there's eight or seven, eight, maybe nine teams in this SEC that could win it. You talk about, obviously, Auburn, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Kentucky. That's five right there that can easily be the winner of this tournament. And then you got – or this SEC. Then you got – what, did I say Alabama yet? Alabama. Yeah, you mentioned it. They could be up there. They're a good basketball team. Um, Mississippi State, Florida. And then you got some really good, you got some good teams that could scare some, that could uh, all of a sudden just play really well on a random day, like Missouri or Georgia or or LSU or yeah, somebody like Ole that. Ole Miss, it doesn't look like anymore. They're probably getting better. Ole Miss, yeah. I, there's this SEC is completely different than it was five, especially ten years ago. But even five years ago, when Auburn won the SEC in 2018, this is not what the SEC looked like. There were four or five teams that could win it, and then the rest, they were, they were going to get blown out. And that's what happened. This is not what the SEC is this year. So it is hard to predict. It's hard to say what <laughs> what could happen, obviously, especially moving forward. But I feel more encouraged than I have uh, after the first two games than I thought I was going to, especially in, you know, in the middle of this offseason. I was like, okay, we're landing – and Cheney Johnson, D2, Chad Bacon, Rosaris, Juco. When, meanwhile, uh, you know, other teams, the SEC, are landing transfers from ACC and Big 12 schools and that sort Arkansas. of thing. Yeah. Um, so that that was discouraging at the time. But then to watch, it, then, you know, you think, oh, we have Bruce Pearl. We have Bruce Pearl. We're fine. Right. Um, 
and, and it showed. It showed the first two games, and we're going to see growth for this team. Right now, I think this team is probably top three or four in this SEC. I think Tennessee's up there. I think Texas A&M is up there just because they're experienced and they're uh, bringing back Wade Taylor. He's probably one of the best players in the SEC. But, you know, Kentucky's always going to be up there. They've got eight five-stars there right now. Um, so it, it's it's very, very difficult to say. I, I think we're – I'll say third behind Tennessee and Texas A&M right now. I think we could finish anywhere between first and sixth or something yeah. like that. Um, but as far as the dance, though, I, again, just like you said, it depends on the bracket, depends on how we're playing, depends – I mean, totally circumstantial. Yeah, once you get into that dance, man. Baylor game. Watching the Baylor game, knowing how good Baylor is and knowing how good Baylor's going to be throughout this season, you can't tell me that wasn't a Sweet 16 Elite Eight game. Mm. that's what it was. That's what those two teams are. They are Elite Eight, Sweet 16-type teams, especially when they're playing at their best. And I think when you come, when you look at what this team's going to go through throughout this whole season, you talk about the non-conference schedule and the conference schedule, this team's going to be playing their best basketball in the middle of March. Yeah. I mean, that's what you want. And if this team's playing their best basketball and are healthy, just like we were talking about earlier with injuries and are, are still getting better as well, this the sky's the sky's the limit for this team. Yeah, 100%. Before we switch over here real quick and get to some of these comments about the football game happening today, I wanted to get a Tyler Rick says we are always in the hardest bracket. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler, we're Auburn fans, buddy. <laughs> you, you chose this route. Yeah. Or maybe you maybe you were like me and you weren't chosen and and literally you were taken out of your mother's hands and wiped off and put into an Auburn onesie by your father. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. some of us didn't that have much true. of a choice. Didn't yeah. get a choice, but yeah. here we are. Now you talk about the the tournament that we went to the final four in. You realize who we beat to go to the final four? I mean, oh I mean, God. I know <laughs> like looking back on it, like we were in the final four. I mean, golly, we we should have won the national championship. And even if we didn't have Chuma, we, we should have won the national championship. Cause I promise you, if we would have beaten Virginia on that double dribble call or whatever, we would have beat Texas tech in the national championship. But you talk about who was in our bracket. then. Y'all understand who <laughs> like Kansas, North Carolina, and Kentucky. That's crazy. That's absurd. When I saw that, I was like, well, we'd be lucky to, Kansas, and we were hot. We were on a run, and they were just like, "Nope, we don't care. We don't care. We don't care." You just won the SEC. We don't care. Yeah, you, you can get this. I told my guy Samuel I was gonna uh, hit this one real quick. Uh, he said, "I'm calling it. We're getting a win today and a big time flip." And then he followed up with some Gator emojis. Uh, this is in reference to Auburn, obviously playing Arkansas today. If you're watching this a couple of days after we recorded this, we are doing this Saturday morning. Auburn facing Arkansas at 3 p.m. Um, so yeah, he's uh, they're referencing Jamonte Wilder, the five star edge out of Mississippi. That boy, it sure does look like have uh has made the decision to flip that commitment and yeah. i would say this we have uh a episode coming out next week later in the week probably about thursday yes with a recruiting expert so gonna ask him all kind of questions about this for our members man you already know the deal in that member chat if you have any questions about this pop them off 
And uh, Samuel, if you have a question about this in particular, you can put it down here in the comments of this video. I'll make sure to get them over to our guy. Don't re reveal who it is yet, but I uh, promise it's a big name. promise you guys will enjoy it. But yeah, um, I think that he... I think that he flipped. We've been working on him for a while, but you had the uh, the safety out of JUCO yesterday, Laquan mm -hmm. Robinson commit, and you saw this. You see this a lot in recruiting where there's guys they 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 announce it publicly in a certain order because they want to give a guy a shine, and it's no knock on Laquan Robinson. Hope he's a good player. Uh, I definitely trust Zach Etheridge's evaluations yeah, in the really secondary. Good. Right. Um, I just think that they're what they're doing here is they're letting Laquan have his day. They let him have his day in a way where we had a uh, we had was it Malcolm Simmons that committed? Uh, he committed the morning of Big Cat, yeah. Big Cat, and then they knew Perry was going to flip, but they let Malcolm get the social media love, let all that kind of stuff take its time, and then later on in the evening, Perry does his thing. So I feel like that's kind of what was going on here. I do agree with you, Samuel. I think that he did flip. Um, Ron Roberts does not. Ron Roberts is not heavy into recruiting, so if he circles a guy and he's recruiting a guy personally really hard, then I think that's going to mean a lot to that kid because they know what what coach is recruiting, you know who. And then when they're all hanging out of the game and they're like, "Oh, Ron Roberts is calling you every day," man, mm -hmm. he, you know. So I think that that kind of stood out to him, and yeah, I think that that's going to be a kid that's going to be in the boat. And if y'all watched what happened with the Connor Lewis and the Keldrick Falks and the K and Lees last year, all guys that are significantly contributing right now, might I add. Flip City's coming. This this is a coaching staff. This is a head coach that knows how to do it. And boy, that 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 ten star up there in Phoenix City, I sure would love. I sure would love to get him on board because it's falling apart in Aggieland, Gray. Yeah, they're gonna pay that buyout. They're gonna <laughs> pay that buyout. I promise you. I've been yeah. saying for a year now. Lane Kiffin about to be over there at A and M. Woo! Telling you. Okay, uh, that's that's that would be interesting. It'd be, um, be a whole lot of fun, and I, I think yeah, him with that money. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, there's some, there's some fishing charters that are about to get rich. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I I agree. You're talking about Javante Waller, the dude's a stud. It, it, it dude's yeah, a beast. Um, you said it. He, when when a coaching staff especially the coaching staff that – I mean, the defensive coordinator that has really keened on a specific player, you really feel like he's going to get him because of what – that importance. That, that's in, very, very important to a kid like that. Uh, we talked about – you, you talked about his falling apart in Aggieland. Hopefully we get uh, Cam Coleman. It's Falling way apart in Gainesville. Hey, hey. It was never together, bro. It was never do. put together. <laughs> um. So yeah, Jamonte. I also you got saw a spot for you, big fell. Yeah, saw Jalua Sodden's name uh, resurfacing again. Yeah. Now, how how crazy would that be? But I'm just telling you, man. Like I bet you want to go play for South Carolina. Is that something you want to do? <laughs> really? You you really want to go do that? I get it's your home. Two and eight or something like that. Yeah, it's it's bad. But I think that I'm almost at the point when somebody somebody sent me the Jalua Solomon thing yesterday and was like, is this really happening? Because his recruitment's just been nuts. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like goodness, I, my alarm keeps going off. Um apologies, guys. I thought I'd turn that thing off. But look, I just feel like with his staff, they circle people. And mm -hmm. I'm at the point to where I'm thinking. Man, if they really, really want a guy, they're gonna get him. I feel more confident in them getting him than they don't because yeah. it seems to me like the guys they really want to go get, 
They get them. And I'm looking mm. at you, Ryan Williams. It's time to reclassify. It's time to reclassify the class of 2024 and come on to Auburn. But, uh, before you get out of here, Greg, give us a prediction on what you think happens today in Fayetteville. We getting this third one in a row here? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say yes. Um, because of the slide from Arkansas, I don't feel like they're the Arkansas that we've played the past three years when KJ Jefferson's been their quarterback. Mm. Uh, when we when we went to, last time we were in Fayetteville, Arkansas was ranked inside the top twenty in the country, hot as ever. They were, I mean, they looked great. KJ Jefferson was slinging it, right, and he was he was running everywhere. They had just caught gotten off of a game where they went to Tuscaloosa. And, and lost by six in like a 51 to 45 game against Bryce Young that I attended, sadly. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was rooting for Arkansas. Right, um, right, right. They had just coming off that game, they were they were they were favored by what probably nine or ten against us. Mm. And Bo Nix went in there and beat him by 15. Yeah, in Fayetteville. I look, and I, I know we don't have Bo Nix. If we have Bo Nix, I think we we might actually be undefeated. Um, but I, I think I just don't think this Arkansas team defensively, if Auburn can establish a run game like they have the past two weeks, stops them. If we don't go conservative and play calling, which I don't think Hugh Freeze will, because I don't think Auburn can run away with this game. Right. But they can if they play like they did against Mississippi State. They play like it did against Mississippi. Mississippi State beat this Arkansas team seven to three in Fayetteville. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny to me to watch Arkansas barely beat a bad Florida team. Bad Florida, and team. all week everyone's like, Arkansas is a rejuvenated Razorback. <laughs> here, here they are. Did you see the tweet and the article from the Arkansas Insider that was like? What has happened to Auburn football? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So electric and stuff. Like, y'all aren't three and six. What are y'all talking about? Yeah, dude. Uh, this is what we think about y'all, Arkansas. You beat us last year, and then we fired our coach. Like, that's – we're like, oh, what? what, what? True. Yeah. Yeah, we just got housed by Arkansas. Yeah, you gotta know. We gotta, we gotta blow it up. Yeah, obviously, that was that was building up. Uh, old boy was just chilling at the house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're about to get out of here, guys. Samuel Sniper pops in and says Keith Newber just posted the uh, Florida recruiting report. He actually was an Auburn guy too. He's a longtime Florida guy. Doing. Yeah, so uh, he he's plugged into both of these programs, and yeah. he just put in a prediction for Waller to flip. So yeah, man, uh, let's get a dub today. Let's add another five-star, and let's keep doing what we're doing. And as far as this basketball goes, man, I think that everybody should just continue to support this team, lock yeah. in. This team's going to get better as it goes. Bruce Pearl okay. set the schedule up for a reason the way he did. And uh, I wouldn't mind if maybe he took a few of those games off, like at App State or bringing Chattanooga yeah. in there. I'm kind of like, hey, man, you don't have to – yeah, you don't have to <laughs> – play the mocks bro like i don't know what y'all know about the socon but you don't have to play the mocks that's not something you have to do like they take basketball kind of serious at utc i promise you they do um they're they're a good team with a good coach but bruce knows what he's doing i trust him and so thursday night was it eight eight central time espn espn two for uh, notre dame yeah man so we'll be back uh 
tons of basketball content. We're going to have Gray on again. If you have not liked the video, man, please do that. If you have not subscribed to the channel, please do that as well. And uh, we will be back here. I'm probably not going to do a recap show for the uh, the Arkansas game today because with Blake being out of town and all that, I want to keep uh, just keep doing these shows. I've already done a lot this week. Uh, so Tuesday night live show, 7 p.m., and I, I might uh, might be over there on the War Report post game today. So you guys, uh, but either way, check those guys out. So you already know the deal, man. Like the ch- uh, video, subscribe to the channel. I love all of y'all. I appreciate all of y'all. Great. Before you get out of here, brother, tell everybody where they can find your work. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on the Jungle Show with my dad. It's just a, it's it's a wholesome back and forth that we. Uh, I mean, Zach, it's on Auburn Daily's um, podcast live stream. Just look up the Auburn Daily. Uh, the Auburn Daily Show, find the Jungle Show. It's right on there. We do a podcast after every single basketball game. And it was Zach asked me to do that. He was like, "Who, who do you like always talk basketball with?" And I'm like, oh, "My dad. I always talk Auburn basketball with my dad. He's the second biggest Auburn basketball fan I know besides myself. If I if I had to rank him, um, and he, it's just a it's a interesting back and forth that we have on that show where we talk about what happened in the game. But yeah, come check us out. On that, um, you can find me on Twitter at Gray Oldenburg. We always post in, always post in the shows on that. Thanks for having me, Dustin. This is awesome. Everybody have a happy game day and more damn eagle. Hey, what damn eagle? And uh, I can't get out of here without mentioning, man. Happy Veterans Day to any of our veterans out there, man. Love y'all. Appreciate all the work y'all do, man, keeping us safe. And I know these are scary times, so I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your family. God bless America. War damn eagle. Let's go get a dub in football. Let's flip some guys. Let's go make a run in basketball, man. Let's get it. We'll see y'all guys Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Central Time. We're out of here.